Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful and exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. I'm your host and narrator, Springheeled Jack, and we're going to get started today after just a few brief disclaimers. First of all, the show might offend you. If you're easily offended, please turn the show off and spare me the negative reviews on the podcast store, or the iTunes store, whatever the fuck you call it, uh, because you won't like the show. This is your first and final warning. Second, I use advertisements in this show that I do not own the rights to. They are the creative property of Rockstar Games. That is all. The event movie of the year everyone is talking about. You're just a virus. You're not real. I'm your mother, stupid. A group of people that think the whole world is trapped in a computer. We can't get out! Hurry! Stick your hard disk inside my drive! I can't! My hard disk crashed! Reboot it! The mainframe. What happens when five college students take LSD and discover the truth? Ah! Your face is a big pixel! And they have to make the decision of their lives. What's it gonna be? Yes or no? One or zero? The mainframe. It's real. The mainframe! Coming to theaters this Friday. Rated PS for Pretty Stupid. It's the board game that's sweeping the country. Vivisection! Science is finally fun with Vivisection. Get your lab coats, kids, because you get to run real experiments on real live rats while playing a fun game for the whole family. Run your rat through Vermin's Vortex Maze. It's the game that's just like life. Just when you think you've won, someone blinds you with industrial solvent. Conduct all kinds of fun experiments, including cosmetic allergy tests and chemical Warfare preparation. Because real science is real fun. Conduct experiments on friends, too. Ah, oh, your rats hit me. Ha ha, you got the plague. Who says scientists are boring dorks who never have any fun? Disembowel animals time after time for money, kicks, and scientific prestige with vivisection. What's up, you spooky fucks? Today we're going to be covering a topic that is most definitely going to ruffle some feathers and upset some of you, but I don't give a shit. This is a subject that I have, unfortunately, a personal experience with as I was a participant on a Kairos retreat over a decade ago. I will warn you now, this episode is going to spoil most aspects of the Kairos retreat for those of you young Catholics that have yet to go and are excited to go. Um, but like I said, I don't care. You've been warned. I chose this topic today because I believe it to be a true tale of terror, and like I said earlier, one that I have a personal experience with, unfortunately. Most of you know that I was raised Catholic, and that almost all of my education was acquired at Catholic schools, first Carmelite and then Capuchin, with college the brief time that I went being the only exception. For reasons I would rather not disclose in detail, I made the choice to renounce my faith and my allegiance to a governing church body. I wasn't molested. <laughs> A few months ago, I shouldn't laugh at that. I wasn't molested. I said it. A few months ago, I saw a movie on Netflix titled Yes, God, Yes, which I strongly recommend about the psychologically damaging effects of the Kairos retreat. After seeing this movie, it got me thinking about my own experience on the Kairos retreat and the experience that my peers had on theirs. I asked a few of my buddies what they remembered, dug up my old Kairos paperwork, and started surfing Reddit for others who had similar viewpoints, and there was unfortunately no shortage. I'm going to start today by reading a student-written retreat description that I found with my Kairos shit from when I went over a decade ago, and then I'll read the best, most comprehensive Kairos story that parallels my own that I found on Reddit. 
So for those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, Kairos is a retreat for Catholics nearing adulthood, considered a rite of passage by many, and usually pushed pretty hard by Catholic schools and their students. So here's that peer-written synopsis I received just before I went on my retreat. We are all guilty of being too quick to judge something that we don't know anything about. This seems particularly true with the mysterious Kairos retreat, which is already being whispered about at the SFHS hallways. For those unfamiliar with it, Kairos is a four-day, three-night retreat for juniors and seniors in high school, sometimes juniors, not always seniors, set in Catholic churches. The word Kairos is the ancient Greek word for the right time. Therefore, the point of the retreat is to be on God's time and generally contemplate God's role in your life. For some reason, many kids who have never been on Kairos enjoy expressing their disapproval. Many of those walk a thin line between poking fun and flat-out bullying those that support the Kairos retreat. I would like to commend participants who have come home to their friends, sarcastically asking how Kairos changed their life. I would also like to recognize kids who are fresh off Kairos who get hate after grabbing breakfast with their small group. I would like to applaud students who returned home from Kairos and put up with their peers who brought a bottle of maple, maple syrup to accompany their waffle necklace. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about the waffle necklace. When I learned about Kairos my junior year, I wasn't one of the people who picked on kids who went on the retreat, but I also never saw myself as somebody who would ever really attend it. Before I knew it, I was in my senior year and decided to seek community through Kairos. I applied, got on the waiting list, and the Sunday before the retreat started, I was offered a spot on K-34, whatever the fuck that was. Deciding to go on Kairos, oh, Kairos 34, my mistake. <laughs> Deciding to go on Kairos was undoubtedly one of the best decisions of my life. After returning home, I faced the anti-Kairos kids from a new perspective. After one day back at school post-Kairos, I knew there were some truths of Kairos that needed to be faced immediately. This is basically why I'm writing this article to begin with, so without further ado, these are some things that everybody needs to know about Kairos, whether they plan on attending the retreat or not. 1. There are surprises, not secrets. It probably sounds like I'm saying this to cover something up, but the truth is there are things that happen on Kairos that not everybody can know about before they attend the retreat. I understand it's frustrating, but coming from a participant, not knowing everything that was happening made the experience a hundred times better. I fucking disagree. You do not need to be Catholic to attend Kairos, number two. This is a big one. A big part of the reason that I never saw myself going to Kairos was because I'm not Catholic. I know of atheists who have gone on Kairos and gotten a lot out of the experience. The retreat is designed for anybody to be able to attend as long as they're open-minded and ready to grow. The rumors about the naked mass are not true. Three. I heard that for four years leading up to the fucking retreat. Naked mass. You get to see Father Greg Shaft. That alone didn't made me want to, made me not want to go. <laughs> Number four. Kai High is a real thing. Many non-Kairos kids think this is all an act, but the truth is, after feeling nothing but pure love for four days straight, you get a Kai High and want to share the love that you felt with the rest of the world. I did not fucking feel that way. Some people claim to have even felt Kai baked. Fuck you. Bullshit. Five, it's not a cult. Kairos is a retreat that invites everybody to apply and join in. Cults are exclusive groups, and just because there are certain surprises you can't find out about until you're on the retreat doesn't mean Kairos is a cult. I fucking disagree. I thoroughly think it's a goddamn cult. Kairos is not a conversion clinic. Number six, the goal of Kairos is not to convert you. Many people do not attend the retreat to grow closer to God, and that's great. But you don't have to if that's not your thing. Okay, so that's the uh, some of the student-written propaganda. And this is the story that I found that I see a lot of my story in. Uh, it's spooky almost how, how parallel they line up. I mean, 
on mine, somebody was violently sexually assaulted, but we don't need to hear all that. Anyway, Kairos Retreat, Brainwashing and Secrets, Part 1. <laughs> I remember going to Kairos during the winter of 2005. I was a senior at a Catholic high school and an atheist. It was the last all-out attempt by Catholicism to bring me into their fold, but it only pushed me further away. Here is everything I remember from my experience. The secrets and parts I believe were blatant psychological manipulation. If you don't want to reveal the Kairos secrets before you go, then do not listen to this. Personally, I think it's more fun to know what happens ahead of time, and true, if you go in blank, you might feel better after the retreat, but it's a fake feeling. It won't last, and it's because people fucking manipulated you and lied to you. While I disagree intellectually with the entire premise of Kairos, I have to look back on my retreat as bittersweet. Kairos was the last time I, required, I was required to pretend I was religious. Over the years prior, I had perfected my own clever impersonation of a good Catholic. He was pious, faithful, and hilariously subversive. During confessions, I would fabricate convoluted sins just to see what the priest would ask me to do for penance. Same. My religious essays were works of exotic fiction to test the limits of my teachers. Such is the time I wrote about worshipping my friend because he was very tall. The Kairos Retreat was the last great defiant act of this personality I had worked so hard on. No one, until now, knew all the details of my performance. It has been 13 years since I've been on the retreat, and I'm writing these posts both to help me remember and share with other people what to expect during Kairos. I found then, and still find today, that there is little information on what goes on during the retreats. This is in part due to the deeply secretive nature of Kairos. There are supposedly secrets you find out during Kairos that you're not supposed to tell anybody because it'll ruin the experience for them. I disagree. If you're looking for information because you think Kairos is a cult, then knowing this information will help you prepare and see the manipulation for what it is. Your experience may be different from mine. Individual groups are personalized to some extent. The women seem to have different experiences than what I went through with the men. They said there wasn't any yelling or... Uh, psychological trauma, but I'm not sure what else was different since I wasn't there. There was a strong shroud of secrecy around Kairos before I went. People who had already gone would simply say to the ones that had not, it's going to be great, or you're in for a real treat. Nobody would share anything about what actually happens. This created a rumor mill of speculation on what went on during the four-day-long retreat up north. One rumor was that you'd be forced into sharing your darkest secrets until you cried. The worst suspicion was the naked mass, where everybody would have to take off their clothes in some sort of weird, Jesus-loving gay orgy. Only gay because I went to an all-guy school, and that would be, by definition, gay. There's no hate, just saying. This information campaign by those who had already gone was unusually effective. I couldn't find anyone returning from Kairos who would break character and reveal the truth. The people returning immediately after Kairos made me even more nervous. People said Kairos was a life-changing event, and the students returning supported that claim completely. My peers would return different. They would seem happier, always smiling like Mormon missionaries do in that fake sort of way when they're banging on your fucking door. Some would talk to me with an openness I would not be expecting. People I never talked to before would greet me in the halls or ask me strange questions, such as what I thought of the afterlife and shit. After a few weeks, many returned more or less to normal. Others did not. It made me wonder what could possibly cause them to change into different people, and I'm still not sure. I spent most of my free time ahead of the retreat researching what was going to happen on the internet, mostly coming up with nothing. Instead, I found information on brainwashing and how to resist it. While I was fairly sure of myself at that young age, there was a sense of self-doubt. What if I came back changed? What if they were somehow able to dig into my psyche and change fundamental parts of my personality like they had done with so many others? 
For this reason, I chose the last available Kairos session along with a number of my closest friends as support. Same. Actually, I don't think I was allowed on any of the earlier ones because I was such a fucking troublemaker they weren't going to let me go. And then the last one they finally caved because people said it was unfair. Good friend of mine really petitioned to let me go because he thought they were discriminating against me. He did actually ended up not going himself because he was uh, so upset with them, but kind of wish I hadn't gone. Anyway, I went to the ministry office one morning to turn in my request form signed by my parents for Kairos. There I found the smug head of ministry. He asked, almost reading my mind, if I chose the last date because of other obligations or because I didn't want to go. I replied a little bit of both, even though it was entirely the latter. Without looking up at me, he issued a dismissive, okay, and I left. I wasn't looking forward to the four intimate days of sharing secrets with him. I call it ratting. That was the beginning of my Kairos adventure. Behind the scenes, the head minister and his lackeys would start looking through my life, finding who I'm friends with, what I'm doing. They wanted to make my Kairos experience personal. They do that, and it's fucked. It's fucked up. There were a few things I told us ahead of the retreat. It was four days. We'd leave on a bus after school on Thursday and return late on Sunday. No electronic devices were allowed, including cell phones. No clocks or other timekeeping devices would be permitted either, which I thought was weird as well. From those who had already gone and returned, we knew the experience could change us. The bus took me and about 30 other male students in my grade to a monastery about an hour drive away. I remember getting off the bus. It was cold and dark. The leaders of our retreat were out in a line to welcome us into the old, dusty-looking building. They introduced themselves and directed us where to go next. They never gave us forewarning on what was happening. It was always, go here, sit there, write this, think about this. The first evening wasn't very eventful from what I remember. We had dinner. There were some talks about Jesus, probably some praying. It was boring and not life-changing in the fucking slightest. Each day of the retreat had a theme to go along with it. The first day's theme is Doubt the First. The theme generally fits with the day's talks. I don't remember any of the talks on the first day other than they were incredibly fucking boring. They give you a notebook and various leaders share pre-approved stories of their lives. The leaders were students from our grade who had already gone through Kairos and were changed. There were also adult leaders who were our teachers or the smug head of ministry. They would all take turns with written stories that we had to pay attention to. Occasionally they would say, I feel this is important and you should write it down. Then you scribble down whatever meaningless platitude they shared just to participate and seem like you were listening. Most of the stories were about them not living up to the expectations, struggling with their faith, uh, struggling with addiction, so on and so forth. You're completely cut off from the rest of the world while in Kairos, so at this point you have nothing to do other than listen and write in your fucking notebook. Sometimes they played Christian-inspired music such as U2. At mine, I think they played Disturbed. The food was okay. It was basic food that the monks that lived there knew how to cook. I think it was mostly pasta with ketchup on it and shit like that. Mine too. It was fine, with the only noticeable effect of making everybody bloated and gassy. I'm not sure why, but this was a shared complaint of everybody I asked. After each meal, some people were asked to assist the monks with cleaning up. I never did this. Also, someone had to volunteer to carry a crucifix around various rooms you visited. I never did that either. During some meals, we were asked to move around to other tables. The point of this, the point of the retreat was to keep us off balance and away from your group of friends. In between the lengthy and incredibly dull talks by Kairos leaders, we split off into smaller groups of people. There we had our own leader, a fellow student who already went to Kairos once before. In these smaller groups, we talked about our relationship with God and many other things about our life. 
The goal there was to make us open up about ourselves to strangers. They were careful to keep us away from our friends. I wasn't that familiar with anybody in my small group. I remember one of the earlier discussions we talked about one of the earlier discussions we talked about was how we felt God personally in our lives. I talked about nature because I always liked it. In our small group, we also worked on our own talks that we individually presented to the whole class. There were essays we wrote about our lives fitting some sort of theme. I remember I wrote mine about my grandparents, my sister, and my mother. Most of it was lies because I couldn't think of anything to fit the theme and I wasn't going to play their stupid fucking game. I remember one essay was supposed to be about something I wish was better in my life and I had a terrible time with it because I was pretty happy with my life and I knew it. The structure of our talks were pretty loose and we were welcome to include improvisation and, to the joy of many fellow students, expletives. I remember that too. We also got to smoke on my Kairos, which was fucking awesome. They had an indoor smoking room. It was disgusting. <laughs> which is, uh, that's odd to let children smoke, but I didn't complain. This created a cascading effect where talks gradually became more profane. The talks were also designed for us to pour our heart out, be honest. For the first two days, they were pretty tame, and as previously mentioned, gouge your eyes out fucking boring. During one of my talk preparations, my group leader asked to go through my notes with me to find an idea of what I could write about. This was embarrassing since I had been writing nothing, but I feel this is important and I should write it down. Repeatedly, for the past couple days, Kairos is a fast way to fuel cabin fever. Fuck yeah, it was. The last place we spent time in was the break room. This was just a regular room with snacks. The break room was adjacent to the dedicated smoking room, which was ridiculous. If we smoked at school, we would have been expelled immediately. But on Kairos, we could go to the flavor country every couple of hours. The first time we found the smoking room, almost everybody went in to be cool. Was it hypocritical to let students smoke on Kairos? Yeah, maybe. But I think it fed into the secretive mystique. This was a place young men... This was a place young men were not used to, seemingly free of the usual rules we had to obey. Kairos was liberating us to feel like we could be ourselves, to curse, to smoke, or even cry in front of our peers. I knew we didn't get enough time to sleep the previous night since I had smuggled in a watch. It was less than a seven-hour gap from when they let us return to our rooms until the leaders knocked on our doors early in the morning. Many young men probably got much less sleep due to an unusual situation we were in. We were allowed time for showers and breakfast. The theme of the second day, cry the second. The day was, for the most part, the continuation of boredom. Talks, discussions, Jesus, the usual. I suspect the dullness was intentional. After being on Kairos for two days, we were lulled into a sense of complacency. We were beginning to think this was going to be another regular religious retreat, only with more swearing and smoking. We thought we could all leave this place on the fourth day without anything changing. That's when the shouting started. And for me, on the second day is when the interviews with detectives started. Or, I'm going to say detectives in air quotes and interviews in air quotes as well. But I'll get to that maybe later. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that, but I might. We hadn't heard much from the smug head of campus ministry yet. Most of the time, we only saw him and other adult leaders. In the back with their heads down and their eyes closed, almost as if they were napping. The smug head of ministry woke up and came to the head of the room in the late afternoon on the second day. His talk had more levity, and there was certainly more entertaining than his previous talks. He told us about how he first asked his now wife out, how terribly nervous he was. It was funny, he was putting on an act, then he went into the story about his aging dad. His father was getting old and cranky and was having trouble with daily tasks. He couldn't go to the bathroom easily on his own, so he had a catheter and a urinary bag. 
At one point, the smug head of campus ministry and his father were getting into a heated argument about something. Then they started getting physical and hitting each other. The punchline was that the smug head of campus ministry actually got hit by the piss bag which exploded and drenched him in his dad's urine. We, the immature high school boys, found this story predictably fucking hilarious. Indeed, that was his intention all along. I call this the piss bag point because it was when the it was the start of the Kairos people don't want you to know about. The story itself might have just been completely fabricated, I don't know, but it served the purpose of bringing us up so he could knock us back down. And like I said, for me, we were uh, grilled by detectives on this day. He yelled at us maybe for an hour or so. We were also yelled at by our smug head of campus ministry, but after the detectives grilled us, or the alleged detectives allegedly grilled us. I, don't, I still don't think they were fucking detectives. Let me Okay, let me just fucking tell you. On the Kairos that I was on, allegedly somebody was violently sexually assaulted while they were staying in a dorm house that was like a big-ass barrack. He was staying by himself, and allegedly in the middle of the night, he was a member of campus ministry. Somebody snuck in, uh, violated him, which is terrible if it happened, but he was one of the retreat leaders staying by himself in one of those big-ass retreat buildings. And uh, when the detectives came the following day, it was, I have been interviewed by detectives before for other things, never sexually assault related, but they were asking us like, so uh, what do you want to be when you grow? I think they were fishing for information from us is what I think happened on my retreat. And I think that was just their crafty way of doing it. Uh, and then we got screamed at for not caring enough that this boy was allegedly raped or blown by another guy in the middle of the night. If it happened, I feel terrible for him, but I genuinely don't think it did because of a bunch of shit. But I think it's all part of the retreat to uh, impose some sort of trauma on you so they can fucking make you feel like terrible, unempathetic shitbags. Like this guy said, uh, serve the purpose of bringing us up so it could knock us down. He yelled at us maybe for an hour or so. Who are we to laugh at his misfortune? We were living our lives as terrible people full of sin and lust. He picked out individual men and mocked them openly about how, how sad and pitiful they were, how we all wear masks to hide our inner true selves. It was exciting. <laughs> My pure silent stares of awe told me how effective this part of the Kairos was. I could see the cracks forming, and I was eager to see who was ready to fall apart. It didn't take long. After this point, the talks changed. A little less boring, more personal, and a lot darker. We had to give our own talks on how we were imperfect and how we'd let others down. I, of course, also fabricated my story since I wasn't going to get pulled down into this fucking mess. But the stories my fellow students told were a mix of heartbreaking, bragging, too much information, and lazy. I remember the first real sob story somebody told me about how he was going to kill himself with a shotgun but decided not to at the last minute because of his sister. It was so, it was so ridiculous I still barely believe it. Others shared their own dumb stories on how sad and miserable their lives were. Some were using this opportunity to express how much regret they had over getting laid, always always careful to include how regular they were at it. A few apparently were heavily involved in dealing drugs, and many were unexciting, but I could see the impact Kairos was having. The floodgates were opening, and the boxes of tissues placed conspicuously on every table were finally getting some fucking use. <sighs> we had a short nap during the night, and then day three arrived. Trust the third. After the trauma of the previous evening, this day felt fucking different. We were no longer sure of ourselves, and we knew Kairos was going in a new direction, and we didn't know what will happen next. This was the day that we were going to rebuild ourselves. 
During one of the talks, a student leader went around and gave everybody a compliment on something good we did for somebody else. This was related to the research the Kairos leaders did on us before the retreat. I remember mine was driving my sister home from school, which didn't make any sense since my sister moved away and was in college by the time I got my driver's license. Even things outside my control were also somehow subverted. The biggest secret of Kairos that nobody will ever talk about is the letters. After the day we got yelled at and were made to feel like terrible people, the Kairos leaders wanted us to feel good once again. One of the adult Kairos leaders brought out a stack of letters to the front where he slowly read through them all. Each letter was written by one of our parents before the retreat. The letters were about how special we were and how proud our parents were of our accomplishments. I knew about this ahead of time since I would written a letter to myself. <laughs> After I signed up for Kairos, the school mailed a letter to my parents with instructions on what to do for the retreat and to mail in personalized letters for me. My forward-thinking parents were happy to share these instructions with me and they let me write my own fucking submission. The letter entirely consisted of inside jokes only me and my friends would understand. I made reference to one of my friend's cats, to video games we would play at our LAN parties. There wasn't an ounce of any truth to it, and it was utterly hilarious if you were in the know. One of my friends told me later his mouth was bleeding from biting down so hard trying not to laugh when my letter was read aloud. It was a very somber moment, and I threw a bomb in it without any of the Kairos leaders ever finding out. For me, a genuine letter from my parents would have been disappointing by comparison. After this, we were sent back to our rooms for, quotation marks, prayer. In reality, it was to find even more letters on our private desks in our room. These were from other students who had already gone to Kairos. Since all my closest friends were at the same Kairos as me, almost all the letters said the same thing. Hey, I don't really know you that well, but maybe we could talk after you get back from your wonderful Kairos retreat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Around this point, we were in full, crazy Kairos mode. Men were crying openly right in front of me. I was learning way too much about my fellow students. It was all this feel-good shit with compliments and hugging, and I'm not the hugging type. The strangest event for me was, I believe, on the last day, which was titled Live the Fourth. We were sent into our small groups. There were about six of us sitting in our private rooms. The lights were off, candles were everybody. Our group leader took out a wooden crucifix and said that whoever was holding it was talking directly to God. When we held it, we could say whatever we wanted, out loud, of course, and God would hear it. Then he started passing it around. At first, I thought this was one of those typical prayers where we say something nice and then pass the Jesus along. It quickly took a turn for the weird. People were using the crucifix to talk to their dead relatives. I made up a dead ant to fit in, but I couldn't, I couldn't keep it going. Once people started crying, I was done and didn't touch wood Jesus again. Here I was near the end of the weirdest four days of my fucking life, sitting in a dark candlelit room while everybody, including the football team's star quarterback, was sitting next to me, crying their fucking eyes out. I was the only one not moved, or so I believed. Some of them were even nudging me to comfort the quarterback, who was taking it especially hard. I didn't. I'm glad the room was dark so my fellow students couldn't see my fucking disgust. Kairos was working, and I felt nothing. I had been through Kairos, and it didn't affect me. There were the secret letters, the shouting, the repeated attempts to get us to open up. At the end, I was the same as when I started, only I was exhausted because of lack of sleep. The bus ride back to school leads to the final Kairos secret. All our parents were there waiting for us in the chapel. I knew about this from the letter they mailed my parents. We each had to go up in front of everybody and say nice things about how great Kairos was and how much we love our parents. I made some shit up and went home where I slept for 16 hours straight. 
There are a few things I reflect upon from my experience. First, Kairos is easily classified as a process of brainwashing. Every facet of the retreat was designed to put us in a particular state, which required four days to reach the conclusion. The boring first two days led us into a sense of security that was brought down by the yelling, or in my case, the fake detectives. Then we were built back up by secret letters. The manipulation is easily evident to anybody paying attention. The sleep deprivation was likewise critical to lubricate the process. By the third day, I was so tired I was finding it difficult to function or remember basic things that had happened. I know for a fact they didn't give us enough sleep every night since I had smuggled in a watch. That, all of the secrets happened late at night, also feeds the theory that they wanted the biggest, they wanted the biggest impact while we were at our weakest and most vulnerable. Everything was designed to make us feel a certain way. Just reading what I wrote happened makes it difficult to understand how effective Kairos is when the secrets hardly seem that significant. You really need to endure the Kairos retreat for four days to understand why it's so effective as manipulation. They even told us at the end not to share these secrets with anybody who hasn't gone on Kairos yet. The rumors are important to make the participants on edge before they even reach Kairos. At the truth... And the truth, the most of the men will be sobbing uncontrollably for the last two days after being shouted at is almost too ridiculous to believe. Even some of my close friends after Kairos had bought in, it wouldn't tell anybody what happened. I told everybody that asked. Kairos is a manipulation of natural human responses to make you think God is having some sort of impact on your life. Instead of the truth that adults know, uh, instead of the truth that the adults know the exact buttons to press to make you feel that way. From an intellectual point of view, Kairos is wrong and should never be put on impressionable young adults, which I agree with. At the same time, Kairos was also some of the most fun I will likely ever have in my life. Granted, it was fun because of my careful subversion. To me, I will remember it fondly. Sure, I didn't really share anything with my friends or get closer to anybody. And many would argue I didn't even get the true Kairos experience, but I learned who I was. When everybody else was falling into the emotional pit, I was the rock. I spotted the piss bag point for what it was. I knew what those letters were trying to make me feel, and I didn't let anybody change me. I came back from Kairos and told people who hadn't gone the truth. It's boring, exhausting, and sucks ass. And now, 13 years later, I'm a full-fledged adult and living the fourth, whatever the fuck that means. I'm free of nearly every obligation, work, school, and pretending I'm somebody I'm not. If someone tomorrow asked me if I wanted to go to a religious retreat, I would say, no thank you, I'm happily an atheist. And that would be the fucking end of it. I wouldn't get any satisfaction from volunteering for something unpleasant only so I could subvert it. For this reason, I miss my days in Catholic school. When I'm now at the point in my life when I can do literally anything I want with my time, I begin to look back pleasantly at the times when I couldn't. In that regard, those four days that I was nearly brainwashed in the Kairos retreat really weren't that bad. One man. 80 ethnically diverse backup singers. I brought an entire indigenous tribe with me today. A blinding laser light show. Coming to Liberty City Memorial Stadium, it's an 82-minute celebration of America. From Britain, Crow. Are you ready for some Crow, Libby It's Crow Fest 98. You'll hear songs such as Cloud in Kenya, Rainforest Night Blues, Moon Over the Manatee, and Tantric Boogie. Crowfest. Off for the Andes, ladies. Crow's in town. Love will give you legs and give your wallet wings. Featuring the only live on stage performance of a whale song duet, 
And this next song I'm going to do here is with my penis gourd. All proceeds go to the Crow Foundation, dedicated to profiting from indigenous music. Tickets are on sale now. What's wrong, son? History homework is really boring. We all know who wins. Who cares about defeating the Nazis or saving civilization? Learning has never been fun until now. Forget the books and classrooms. The future of learning is here. Passmaster is a unique mix of action and education. It's edutainment. Kids play history and play it to win in a strategy and planning game based on real-world events using real artificial intelligence. Finally, computer games that are good for something. Now kids will beg to keep learning. Chad, you've been up all night? I've learned all about cultural hegemony and the introduction of diseases to isolated populations. Look at this. It's an indigenous population I'm decimating. And raping, son? Of course, Dad. I know all about genetics, too. Pastmaster. Pastmaster, the future of education about the past is right now. All right, squad, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. I genuinely appreciate it. If you would like to reach out to me, please do so by going to Instagram.com slash DukeLandis17. That's Instagram.com slash Duke, D-U-K-E, Landis, L-A-N-D-I-S, 17. I do like hearing from you guys. It may take me a while to get back, but I genuinely appreciate when you guys reach out and tell me to go fuck myself. Also, if you'd like to make a donation, it would be much appreciated so that I can transition into doing the podcast full-time and not doing my terrible fucking 9 or 12-day-8 job. And you can make a donation by going to patreon.com slash anthology of horror. It would be very much appreciated. All right, guys, until next time, thank you all for listening, and stay spooky.